Well, good morning. I'm so glad to be back with you today uh, looking at Thanksgiving this week. And uh, I, I was struck by uh, how neat it is having the, the kids bring up those Operation Christmas Child boxes. And, and I'm just thankful that uh, that's something we can do. It, it's kind of neat that uh, we can do this fairly simple thing of putting these boxes together and understanding the impact that they have all over the world. Uh, uh, my wife, uh, I brought a couple boxes. I did nothing. My wife did that with, uh, with my youngest. And uh, uh, so she... You know, you, you can track them. If you guys haven't done that when you register, then you can track where they go. And, and how neat that is to see where uh, the boxes you are. And then you, it basically keeps a record when you have that account. So you see last year they went here and the year before they went there. And so we're, we're so excited. We, we have some friends in our community group uh, in Ontario that uh, were missionaries and they were talking about when the boxes came and they got to be a part of that and distributing the boxes and how impactful that was. So, so know uh, how, how important that is. Uh, and uh, we are uh, really finishing up the hard attitudes today, uh, number seven, and uh, about following spiritual authority within scriptural limits, and, and we would always say that, that it's, uh, we don't just follow leaders because they have a title. Uh, we don't just follow a leader because they said, well, follow me. Uh, there is a standard by which leadership should be established. And I realize that that's not always the way leadership is established. Sometimes the leader is the person uh, that uh, signs off on your time card, and, and so you have to follow in that way. Uh, or uh, as, as uh, one of the things that uh, we often notice, and perhaps you have uh, in education, uh, there's, there's uh, a possibility that uh, people get promoted because they're not necessarily the best in that job. Maybe they'll do better in the next. And so in that position, right, it's not, it's not that... Uh, uh, you have to follow them within biblical standards because they're in that position spiritually, but they're also to be followed because scripture says to follow and it says to do it even when uh, the person isn't maybe the best in their job. Uh, really awkward, but scripture says when you're the servant or the slave, you're supposed to submit and honor and respect. And so... Uh, this is another one of those heart attitudes that, right, we value and follow spiritual leadership, and it's under suspicion in our culture. Yet following leaders is biblical. There's a reason that the Apostle Paul said, I urge you then to be imitators of me, right? We're to... We're to follow those who are leading us as we follow Christ. 
If the whole point is they're saying, okay, follow me because we're going toward Christ, we're serving him and we're serving the kingdom, we want to be in on that. Uh, We don't just say, okay, I'm following you because you said it, I'm following you because you're leading me into Christ-likeness. And so there's, there's definitely uh, some aspects of, of following in, within the church and spiritual leadership. First of all, uh, we're to follow spiritual leadership with joy. We're to do it with, with joy, and that matters. It means you, you willingly follow. And so that aspect of the hard attitudes, it, it runs in contrast with the culture. I would point out that now, even though the entertainment media seems to place value on those who, who do their own thing, the entrepreneur, the lone wolf, they kind of get celebrated. That's really not how our culture functions. Right, that we follow leadership is how businesses run effectively. And so really, in, within our culture, even though it's not celebrated so much, it's the ones that are respected the most that follow instructions, that get the job done. Those are the ones that keep their jobs. I often tell my my students, it, it seems surprising, but, but anytime there's, there's a quiz or a test, I have to remind them, answer the question that's asked. Because surprisingly enough, they see the problem and they work it out and they give the answer that they had in mind, which isn't always what was asked. And it's kind of like that. You follow... Uh, not just where you think you ought to go, you actually have to follow somewhere. You can sense my frustration at times as an instructor. Uh, And so when we follow people willingly and with joy, it allows them to do something too. It allows them to lead with joy. Uh, In Hebrews 13, 17, The writer of Hebrews says this, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls, as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Uh, Did you catch the, the requirements? If you're following, there are two aspects of your following. It is to obey your leaders and submit. Well, I don't know about you. I don't like those words at all. As soon as I am, there's some kind of indication that I need to submit or obey. That just offends me. I'll be honest. Until... I'm reminded of what I'm to submit to and obey. And as as much as I might respect someone, what matters to me far more is that I'm to obey from God's word. I'm to submit to God's word. 
It's why that requirement of spiritual leadership matters. And there's a reason why we need to do it with joy so that they can lead with joy. The, the aspect of their leading, it says, because they're keeping watch over your souls. You realize that, that people who lead within the church don't just do it because, well, I like having positions of leadership and people looking at me. Uh, in fact, it is because God has given leaders a responsibility for the well-being of those they've been entrusted. And so, let them do it with joy. They're, they're doing this, and it is a burden. It's a lot of work. Let them do it with joy. Now, I have to admit that I haven't always done this. I haven't always done it well. I haven't always done it right. There, there's been times when I kind of got caught up in complaining, grumbling, groaning, it says. And, and thankfully, I've had godly people around me that reminded me, you know what? Your attitude doesn't seem quite right here. It doesn't even mean I was wrong. I might have been, I might have had a good idea, a better idea. But the attitude wasn't right, and that was worse. And so let's be careful. One thing that becomes clear when you try to work with other people in any endeavor. Some people are a joy to work with and others, not so much. Some people are easy to be around and some people are draining. I'm not just talking about like having fun while you work or, or, uh, personality. It's that when you're working with people, serving with people, spending time with people, there are some that because of their attitude, it's just hard work. When you're trying to accomplish something and others are complaining or griping, it's difficult to get anything done. Work is hard enough <laughs> that when Others just are making it miserable. And so attitude matters. It's why we submit and we work on doing it willingly and with joy. So it becomes a joy for those who lead. And then we submit to spiritual leadership with humility. Right? So we, we do it with joy. We do it willingly. But that we also do it with humility. And this might seem hard, right? You have to be subject to the leadership of another person. You know, if that's my job, I get paid to go to work. That makes sense, right? That, that well, okay, that's my supervisor. That's my boss. That's my department chair. I, I, okay, I can submit and obey and I get a paycheck. So, so we're good. But what about in the church? Right, it, it, it often what happens is the submitting to leadership because of this, this just cultural bias against submitting and obeying, 
when there is a standard raise, this is what we ought to do as a church. This is what we ought to do, how we ought to leave, how we're going to reach the community and, and share the good news. You know what happens? People go, wait a minute, you expect me to do something? I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm going to do that. That's too much work. It's, it's hard. There's no paycheck at the end of the week, right? Church then gets difficult. Yet how much more important is what we do than your job, than your school, than, than those other projects you might do? What we're doing matters. Why? Because we're talking about eternity. We're talking about souls. There's a reason the writer of Hebrews said, they're the ones that watch over your souls. Well, that matters. That's huge. This isn't, these are the ones who make sure you might get that, that 3% raise. No, these are the people that are working hard to make sure that others are going to be there in eternity. This is huge. How much more we shouldn't willingly submit when it's biblical. That we wouldn't willingly obey when it's biblical. Peter, when he was talking uh, in his epistle, uh, he basically talking about submission. This it's hard. He says this. Likewise, if you are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that at the proper time he may exalt you. There's, there's a, a direction of what you ought to do with the promise here. Right? So it's starting off with the younger. And I don't think these are just younger by age. But they tend to go together. This is having to do with maturity. If you are the, the younger one, the, the, maybe the less mature, newer in the faith, that, that you need to be humble and listen. I <laughs> can't tell you how often as a parent, I tell my kids, you need to listen more. Right? Not just to me, but in general. Because they're, they're always wanting to talk and be heard, but, but you're going to learn so much more by listening. And so we're to, as, as younger, you're to uh, submit, be subject to elders. And there's a promise here. The, the promise is this, that when you are the younger and you're in submission and obeying and learning from your elders, the promise is, he says, at the proper time, you will be lifted up. You're going to end up turning around going, wait a minute, when did I become the elder? When did all of a sudden others, they're listening to me and learning from me because I have something to teach? But that takes time. It's not automatic. And so you submit and you're humble and you learn and you grow in your faith so that at that time when you're needed, others can learn from you. But being humble is hard because, you know what? I've got good ideas. And I'm willing to follow a leader that agrees with me. <laughs> but what about when I'm asked to follow and maybe I don't agree with the direction? 
I'm not talking about following into sin, right? I'm talking about maybe personal preference, options. So it's following biblical leadership, but in a direction that maybe I don't agree with. Or it's just one of those, you know how much time is spent talking about, well, I can't believe we chose that song again in some churches. By the way, the songs were great. I just want I didn't, I didn't have an issue. But you realize that becomes a preoccupation in some places. I was uh, on a, uh, uh, we were scouting out a mission trip years ago. And we happened to get there on a Wednesday and the church that we were staying with uh, that night and going to possibly come back and, and serve Uh, they were doing a business meeting instead of their Wednesday night Bible study. And so they said, well, yeah, come on and sit in on the business meeting. And that was an eye-opener for me as a a young Christian, never having been to a business meeting before. And in their weekly business meeting, they talked about going shopping. I don't mean the big things, right? The, the really important things. All right. So we've got this big project and, and here's the event that's going on. It was the, we got to get the toilet paper this week and, you know, make sure you got a, another container of Folgers. And, and I, I kept my mouth shut and hopefully I kept my face blank. But, but the, the result was people that wanted to have a say in things that didn't really matter. Right? It's easy to get distracted in things that are not the main thing. If you're asked to follow in something that's just based on preferences, it's not a sin issue, it's not a theology issue, it's not a doctrine issue. My result, my, my response and my attitude ought to be, sure, why not? So think about it this way. We're on a road trip. I'm driving. And I want to visit the data math calculator museum because that's what I want to do when I'm on a road trip. This isn't an issue of sin. It is an issue of preference. You got a, you got a choice to choose your attitude. What are you going to do? You can enjoy the drive. Enjoy the scenery. Enjoy the company. We're together. Or you could choose to be miserable and make others miserable along with you. Of course, that would be the point where you realize the Data Math Calculator Museum is only online. (laughs) It's just a virtual museum. You can look at it yourself. Digital preservation of Texas instruments, history on calculators. But hey, if we could see it, we would be there. And we would enjoy it. Joy, follow with joy. Follow with humility and respect spiritual leadership for their effort on your behalf, right? There has to be a respect involved. 
Respect people that you know, if you call them, will drop what they're doing to be there with you. That's worthy of respect. Uh, I, uh, I text Pastor Randy Lanthrop in uh, Church in the Valley, Ontario, and I didn't get a response right away. I, I wasn't surprised. I didn't expect him to drop everything that he was doing and respond. It was about an hour later, and his first thing was, I'm really sorry. I was in my community group, and my phone was off until we were done. I'm like, yeah. Uh, now, I didn't expect that kind of response, but I certainly appreciate it and respect it. I, I respect the fact that, that he was willing to drop what he was doing and take time for me. That mattered. Uh, it's people who do that are, are worthy of your respect, appreciation. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 and 13, uh, Paul writes, We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work, be at peace among yourselves. He's, he's admonishing them. Uh, you need to be respectful and loving and caring for those who work on your behalf. Leading is honorable when it's for the right reasons, right? If you're, you're leading and you're leading people going, let's get to Christ. Let's be like him. Let's serve him and serve the kingdom and spread the gospel. That is worthy of respect. It's honorable. But leading should not be entered into lightly. Like I have told my kids literally their whole lives, driving is serious. So when they got their permits and were driving and I said, okay, first thing before we do anything, driving is serious. And they said, we know you've told us forever. And the reason it's so serious is that anytime you get into a car, there is a pr pr potential of doing great harm. In the same way, we must take spiritual leadership seriously because there is much at stake. It's serious business. It's not something you enter into lightly, flippantly, carelessly, just like when you get into your car. Because what's at stake isn't just the physical well-being of your car and people. What's at stake is the, uh, the spiritual condition, the eternal consequences of those around you. Well, that's huge. James uh, spoke about this specifically. He says, uh, not many of you should be, be, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. We don't, we don't do it uh, carelessly, flippantly, without considering the implications. That when you're going to teach God's word, you're going to uh, say, this is what it means to follow him. We do it seriously. 
carefully. And then uh, Jesus, as recorded in Matthew 18, he says, whoever receives one such child in my name received me, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Uh, it means be careful as you lead. Be careful with what you handle. Be careful with God's word. And as others have been entrusted to you, and you might go, okay, I'm glad I'm not, I'm not on the board. I'm not a, a leader. I don't lead a team or, or whatever. I, I think I'm safe. You know, realize that there are people who look up to you. There are people who look to you. And you have a responsibility that you are representing Christ to them. Take that seriously. You might be surprised, but there are people who notice you that you didn't know noticed you. And there, there are people that are looking at what you're doing. And they're making decisions on how to think about God because of you. Uh, my wife and I, uh, we have a habit. It's one of our, uh, uh, our, our goals uh, as we represent Christ to always be uh, creatures of habit. So we go to the same restaurants. We, we go to the same checkout line at the grocery store. We, all of those kinds of things because we're trying to get to know the servers, the, the people that work in the restaurant, the lady checking out uh, our groceries, and so on. And so we, we did that for years. And we were checking out one day, and uh, the, as the lady was ringing up our groceries, she said, my dog died. We're, we're so sorry about that. How are you doing? Uh, you know, that's emotional. Um, it's difficult. This is, this is her, her pet that she cares a lot about. And she said, uh, can I ask you what you guys think? Is my dog in heaven? Which is not something I want to talk about <laughs> ever with anybody, let alone at the grocery store. And I don't remember how I answered. I did the best I could with, with what we had. I offered to, uh, to pray for her. And then a month later, we went back. And she said, I'd like to go to church. Okay. And we weren't very close to the church I was pastoring. And so I said, here's a church I would recommend. Uh, I, I know the pastor and, and I would encourage you to do that. Now, I still am sure that I didn't answer her question well, but the reality of the fact that she was paying attention to us as we were checking out groceries every time, that was sobering. That will humble you. And that will help you to think about what you're doing and how you represent Christ every area of your life. So spiritual leadership, it's serious business. 
Uh, Oswald Sanders, in his seminal work, Spiritual Leadership, thankfully by the name, makes it easy. He, he talks about it this way, basically five points. I'm just going to read through them, but, but if you haven't read it and you're interested to lead, uh, read a little bit, do a little research on spiritual leadership, I would encourage you, if you just bring up spiritual leadership, he's the author people are talking about. Uh, so talking about that, he's, um, Sanders uh, starts with discipline, right? To be a leader, you need to be disciplined. Uh, he explains the importance of vision, wisdom, the importance of making decisions, right? All of that uh, is important. Next, he turns to the characteristics of courage, humility, integrity, and sincerity. The, the, the problem, of course, is if you're going, well, I think, you know, I want to lead, I want to represent Christ, and then these start to stack up and you feel like I am not measuring up to the standard, it's a sliding scale, and it takes time as you, you build up, as you grow and mature in the faith, that you look more like this, okay? So, so don't check out because you're like, that's not me, because I guarantee none of us are where we're going to be. Um, good leaders need to maintain a sense of humor, a righteous anger at wrongdoing and injustice, even as they cultivate patience, benefit from friendship and tell the truth with tact and diplomacy. By the way, in my notes, I have bold tact and diplomacy. Great leaders are to inspire others to pursue the same vision while at the same time organize and execute the plans that lead to such vision. So the administration part. And then he adds two more qualities. The ability to be a good listener, and the book's a bit dated, so it says the art of writing letters. The art of writing emails. We'll update it, and then we'll really go for it. The art of writing a uh, non-confusing text message, because it's hard. And anything in print can be misinterpreted and the tone doesn't come through. So you got to be careful. Uh, so to be a leader is demanding and it's hard and you take it seriously. But it's worthwhile. Want to uh, give you some next steps for today. Uh, so first of all, my next step today is to evaluate my attitude about following spiritual leadership. What's been my attitude? And depending on where you've come from, you might, your thought was, well, I had a, a really good pastor. I had um, uh, a ministry leader that, that was very kind and encouraging or not so good. We had a really bad experience and... And so my attitude isn't the best. And so I need to work on that. Or, or number two, my next step today is to take responsibility for my failures in following spiritual leadership. Repent and apologize where it's appropriate and make it right. You see, every one of us has failed. And there's been times where we needed to follow and we didn't. We didn't do what was expected of us, and we didn't follow through. We need to own that. 
admit it, apologize and make it right. And then three, my next step today is to seek out spiritual leaders and show my appreciation. Right, when someone is, is leading you and working hard on your behalf and the burden that they have for your spiritual growth, they take that seriously, you need to show that you appreciate that. And so I would encourage you in that area. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, we thank you that you are loving and kind and gracious. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters here that as really we reflect, how have we led? How have we uh, sought to be a part of the mission of making disciples? Have we been a joy? Have we been uh, at times maybe a distraction? And Father, if we need to make a change, then today's the day. If we need to make something right with the leader, then we need to do that. Father, ultimately what we pray is that we're understanding we're on one team, we're about one job, one purpose, and that's to spread the good news, to make disciples, and to celebrate you. Father, heading into the next week with Thanksgiving ahead, I pray for each one as those that'll be on the roads, those that'll be traveling, different things like that, that you keep us safe, that you bless our time with family and friends, that as we uh, spend time with others, that uh, we're growing relationships in a healthy way, that we're managing uh, disagreements and those things that, that on, in a way that honors you. And Father, that uh, when we're visiting with family and friends, we're representing you, especially to, uh, to those that, that maybe don't know you. Father, help us to do that well, to do it right. We thank you for Jesus. What better way to spend Thanksgiving than giving thanks to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.